Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's Holy Word. Hey, man, welcome to the cafe. Good to be here today. Hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful day. Today we are talking about something so important that I know will be a help and a blessing to you, and that is to grow where God has planted you. Grow where God has planted you. 1 Corinthians seven eighteen through 20. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Now, that verse at first blush may sound a little technical or legal, a little bit about legalism or legalistic, but what Paul is writing here in 1 Corinthians 7, 18 through 20, and I'm afraid oftentimes 1 Corinthians seven twenty is quoted, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called, is leaving out 18 and 19. But 18 and 19 help give this verse context. The idea here is that Paul is saying, whether you are Jew or Gentile, it's okay. Stay where you're at. You don't have to change to be godly in terms of where God put you. And so in this context, in the biblical context, it is saying, let's say you're a Gentile, you don't need to go get circumcised to do some kind of ritual to then say that you are now right with God. And that was a real issue in the Bible times where there was something called Judaizers uh, or Jewish believers that uh, a sect of them that believed in this kind of hybrid model of, okay, we believe in Christ, but we also still believe in the law. And that is of no effect because Christ fulfilled the law and we are no longer under the law. And Paul is teaching a great principle here that we all are free from the law by what Christ has done on the cross. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we're good. We're okay. Amen. We are justified by faith. We believe in Jesus. That justifies us to God. And therefore, we no longer have to earn our salvation with any kind of changing of the body or changing or following any kind of law. And the Lord really hammers this home throughout scripture. You can think of the gospels when Jesus is often doing great works on the Sabbath day, which drove the Pharisees and the scribes nuts because to them, that was an abomination. It was a Sabbath day and there was all these rules and regulations in place Okay, some of them were God's law. I believe this is just the preacher speaking. I believe the Pharisees added to that law. Uh, but there were these rules in place that would then say you couldn't heal on the Sabbath day. And Jesus did it for that specific reason. I'm sure God did it on purpose. Amen. God doesn't make mistakes. He's perfect. And so as Jesus was showing that he had fulfilled the law and that he wasn't ungodly for doing things that were against the Pharisees version of the law, but that he was actually God in the flesh showing them that the Sabbath wasn't made for God. It was made for man. It was to give man rest. God knew and still does know exactly what man needs. And so here, Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 7, 18 through 20, this wonderful text about how, look, where you're at, 
You don't have to change that. And so what I want to do today is I'm not too worried about people running down and trying to get circumcised or so forth. But what I want to do today is apply this to your life, specifically to your vocation, uh, to what you do. Amen. And maybe you say, Brother Clark, I'm retired. Okay, well, that's we'll still count that as a vocation. Retiree, we'll count that. Or you say, I'm a student. Well, we're going to count that. Um, but whatever place God has put you in, I want to encourage you today to go ahead and work within that mold to bring glory and honor to God. It doesn't matter um, if, let's say, you know, as much as you love the ministry, let's say you're not called to the ministry. Let's say your whole life you've worked as a gardener for a, a landscape company. And that's what you've done. And that's, you're great at it. Nobody can do it like you. Amen. Uh, all your clients are pleased. They love your work and you, you, you love being out there. You love the Lord and you can see the Lord in those plants growing. Uh, you see the Lord in the beauty of nature and you see the Lord uh, as, as he uses all the different aspects of nature and how the plants can uh, help turn to mulch or whatever it is and how the dirt over here can be useful over there and uh, compost or other things. I, I love uh, talking to our kids about how God's nature uh, replenishes itself in so many different ways. And, and, uh, and I'm not a scientist by any, mean, any, any means. Anyone that knows me knows that. Uh, but I love just the depth of nature. I showed our church one time how God uh, has these plants and the seeds are built into these little fluffy things that when the air blows, and I'm sure that's not the technical scientific term, fluffy thing, but when the air blows, the seed is dispersed. And then it falls down at some point and it grows in the soil anew. And it's how God spreads seeds. And it's just fascinating. There's all of these examples of how God does that. I showed our church one about trees that, that will communicate with each other through the roots. And, and it stuck because my wife brought it up. I mean, maybe a year or two later, she brought up, hey, remember that video? So I knew it stuck. Uh, so there's just so much there that God does. But back to the landscaping example. You're landscaping and you know what? You see the preacher up there on Sunday mornings. You see the deacons and you see the, the choir and you say, oh, I really need to do more for the Lord. Or, I, you know, I have to do something for God. Well, I don't want to put an idea in your head necessarily, but what can you do where God has put you? How can you grow where God has planted you? Yes, that's kind of a pun, I guess, on landscaping, but how can you grow where God has planted you? Because if you think about this, think about how I set this up. I mentioned for the person that's in the landscaping business that that's their passion, that they enjoy it, that they have a talent for it, that that's something that they've always done or that they know about or that they teach others about. It's something that they're that they work, you know, every single day they must have enough tolerance for it at least. So maybe, just maybe, God put you there. Maybe God put you there. He put you there for a reason. And he doesn't need you necessarily to go do something that he didn't prepare you to do, that he hasn't planned for you to do. Surely he would probably shut that door anyway, one way or another. And instead, he has a plan for you right where you are. And you say, well, what would that be? And again, I think it all comes down to the context of your life. And no, I, you know, look, there are people that are very talented, say at basketball and they, and they're not a coach. They're not a referee. They're just good at basketball. What are they going to do with it? I, I don't know. Right. I don't know that every talent that God gives us uh, is something that we are going to use uh, every single day to bring him glory. That's, that's an honest admission here uh, from me to you. But what I do know is that when all the little puzzle pieces of your life add up to who you are, right. And cause God designed you, 
He knows how many hairs are on your head. He clearly gave you certain interests and passions and skills. I do know that that should be used to bring glory to God where you are. Now, if you are, uh, again, let's use this example as the workplace. How can you do that? How can you do that? Well, the best way I know is to share the word. Amen. God transforms people, I believe, through his word, the living word. That's why he gave us the Bible. That's why the Bible is alive. That's why uh, the Bible, uh, it, it, it discerns our hearts. It, it can take, it's like a hammer to our rock hard heart, right? It does so much to soften us and to help us understand his ways. And so what can you do to share the Bible in the workplace? And you say, well, I, I don't know. I don't really you know, know what to say. I'm not an expert. Uh, look, there's a lot of ways that you can share the Bible. Maybe it's wearing a Christian t-shirt to work and people with scripture on it. I've got scripture shirts and I wear them all the time. And, and a lot, I'm not very outspoken when I'm out in public. Amen. Uh, I know that's a surprise, but a lot of times I'm pretty quiet and I kind of say, well, we'll let the shirt do the talking today. And there's to be a verse on there or something. Maybe you do that. You know, maybe, um, you, you, Talk to someone about your, you know, how you've been praying, or about your church, or about uh, a certain ministry the Lord's put on your heart. You know, maybe you share your testimony about what God has done for you, where God has brought you from. You can do all these things in the workplace. Look, the workplace, yes, it's very liberal, and I know in offices and corporate cultures, it's all about inclusion and a lot of things that um, they use the word inclusion, but they, it's a lot of things that make you feel like they want to exclude the Christian. But at the same time, those rules and laws and procedures are in place for the Christian too. And you have freedom. You should have liberty to, to speak. Amen. If someone has liberty to profane, say profane things and, and act wicked and so forth, you have liberty to say godly things and act holy. Amen. No one should be able to stop you from that. And so, you know, sharing your faith subtly, authentically, uh, in the workplace, working really hard, you know, Colossians 3.23, working as hard as you can, doing all things unto the Lord, amen? So working for your boss, like your boss is not the person that you know that you may or may not like, but that your boss is God, amen? And you're saying, you know what, I'm going to give it 200%. I'm going to be a witness. Also, that might mean not gossiping, amen? That definitely means don't gossip. Don't be a bad worker, don't be a bad team member. Don't be vindictive. Don't don't try to get people back and get vengeance. All these things that you know you probably know very well uh, from right right from wrong. And you become a witness for the Lord in your workplace. And I there, I did a series of messages some time ago about God in the workplace and the joy of work. And it was like I think three or four thirty minute or hour long messages. So there's a lot to. God in the workplace and how we can be witnesses for God. But the thing that stuck with me as I've heard preaching about this over the years, as I've studied the word over the years, the thing that sticks with me is that if God puts you there by his providence, and it's clear that he puts you there, not that you're a fish out of water, but that this is clearly where he wants you, then he can use you there. And don't measure what God is doing in your life there by uh, how many people like it or how many friends you get or whatever. There's great ministries that are barely known by man, but God knows and appreciates it. He, he, he will uh, reward you one day in heaven. I believe it. But maybe you're um, in the ministry. 
You know, and, and, and you're wondering, is this what God called me to do? Well, if he called you to the ministry and you are working for God and, and you're living for God and it's difficult and it's challenging, don't forget that it was challenging for Jesus in the earthly ministry, that he was hated, that he was mocked, that he was, I'll never forget John uh, verse or chapter six, verse 66, when people realized what it was like to follow him, many turned away and followed him no more. He had asked the disciples if they were going to leave him too. Uh, think of the disciples. Pretty much almost all of them were martyred. Um, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to be involved in the ministry when your ministry truly preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ authentically for all. The substitutionary death of Christ on the cross, it's not easy. But if God called you to it, if you just know, you see in your life, it's like you were born to do this. God made you to do it. Don't quit. Let me encourage you. Don't quit. Uh, my contact information is on kjvcafe.com uh, or our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kjvcafe. You send me a message and I'll be happy to encourage you, happy to pray for you. Amen. If you're in the ministry, don't quit. God puts you there. Look at all the little breadcrumbs. They add up. And just because, again, it's not some big deal in the world, it means nothing. It means something to God if you are truly serving him for the right reason. So if God puts you in the ministry, grow in the ministry. Don't look for a way out. Serve him. Amen. Do as you, God's called you to do. Maybe you're a student. Hey, if you're a student, there's so many ways. That is a wonderful mission field because students are curious and they're interested and they're still kind of coming to terms with who they are and what they believe. It's an awesome mission field. And look at all the different ways that you can share the Lord with, with students and you can get involved and serve the Lord. And, and there's so many different ways to do it as a, as a young person. And I, I just urge you to grow where you're planted and to, to be the best follower of Christ and to be bold for Christ in these last days and not be try to fit in with the popular crowd uh, because the gospel is offensive, but to preach the gospel and to share the gospel and to just live as you as you can for the Lord as a student and all those other elements, maybe in the medical field or you're an entrepreneur or you're a writer or whatever it is, serve God where you're planted. Be, be comfortable. Have peace knowing God called you to do it. And he will bless your work. And he will help you as you come to terms with the idea that he is guiding you through his supernatural providence. We don't understand fully now, but we will one day. What a blessing it will be when we see the Lord. And he'll tell us that we did what he wanted us to do because we were faithful and obedient to him and his calling on our life. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.